So we really, really didn't begin the story yet, but we began really the Haggadah to the story last week. We're talking in general about the Nachman stories and specifically about, uh, about this story, the story of the Chacham and the Tam, which, as you mentioned last week, is really very, very fundamental in general for life. But I think the Befrat in our generation, it's something which we're, we're stuck in between, in between this world of the Chacham and the Tam, and we're stuck. Part of us is connected to the world of the Chacham, part of us connected to the world of the Tam, and then we're fluctuating somewhere in between. And ultimately, like we mentioned last, last week, the goal is really to get them back on the same page. We'll see once we begin the story this week that they really grew up together, they're really best of friends. And even after they go on very, very separate paths, and even after they end up on very different ends of the world, literally and financially and, and practically, and in terms of where they're holding in life and what they want, they nevertheless end up back in the same home. And it's very, very fascinating. We'll see that once the Chacham, who ends up traveling the world and gets involved in very, very expensive, you know, very high-end professions and is doing, he's a doctor and he's a stone cutter and he's involved in gold refining. He's involved in very, very lofty things in terms of the financial world and in terms of his success and in terms of his knowledge. At the end of the day, he comes back to the village that he grew up in and not only has he come back to the village, he ends up going back to the house of the Tom and to stay in the Tom's house. Even though the Tom is simple, he's a shoemaker, he's not wealthy, he doesn't have a big house, doesn't have the nicest house in town, but somehow their paths really bring them together because ultimately they began in the same place and ultimately, they end up in the same place. And really, the goal of Chacham and the Tam is to work together. Like we mentioned last week, I think that Yaakov and Esav are really the world of the Chacham and the Tam. Yaakov Avinu is the world of Ishtam Yeshavahalam. That's what he's called. He's called an Ishtam. He's somebody who has the, the idea of Tamimus. And Esav is the one who's a Chacham. Esav is the one who's Ishsada. Esav is the one who's out there, constantly running, searching. That's Esav's role in life. That's what he does. Esav's constantly like the Chacham. Nothing's ever good enough for him. He's always looking for the next fix. He's always looking for something bigger in his life. But really, the way they were born, they were born as twins. They weren't born as brothers. They were born as twins. They grew up in the same womb. They were created in the, you know, created at the same moment. And therefore, their paths are really supposed to lead them to the same place. And ultimately, like Yaakov Avinu tells Esav, that at the end of time, we're going to get back to the same place. At the end of time, it's that Yaakov and Esav have to really be able to get back together because there is a certain Milo. There's something that Esav brings to the table that Yaakov doesn't intrinsically have and something that Yaakov Avinu brings to the table that Esav doesn't intrinsically have. And the world of them coming together is the ultimate perfection. The Baltani talks about this at length last week in Terah R about the world of Tayu and Tikkun, that Esav represents the world of chaos of Tayu, and Yaakovinu represents the world of Tikkun, which is much more balanced, and the coming together of these two worlds, of Yaakov and Esav, of Tayu and Tikkun, is really the ultimate, the ultimate uh, completion of the world. That's what's going to happen when Mashiach comes, and therefore we'll see that, again, we need both of them. And we really live in one of these two worlds and we really need to figure out how to be able to bring these two ideas together. On the one hand, to have the Chachma, and you see that Yaakov Avinu, even when Yaakov Avinu goes to the house of Lavan, Yaakov Avinu doesn't, he's not, he's not a level, he's not somebody who just lets Lavan you know, walk all over him. When Lavan's not giving him the proper, the proper uh, wages that he deserves, Yaakov Avinu stands up to him and Yaakov Avinu makes sure that he gets what he needs. Yaakov Avinu is involved in, in what looks like trickery to make sure he gets what he needs. Yaakov Avinu stands up to Esav and makes sure that he gets the brachas and he goes into Yaakov, he goes into Yitzhak Avinu dressed up. He has that aspect of a chacham also because part of that being a tam and part of being a chacham is to know that we really need both of them. We really need to be able to live together with these two things. But I think as we mentioned and spoke about last week at length, that our issue is that we live much, much more in the world of the chacham. That's the world that we, we, uh, we value. We value much, much more, you know, um, quantifiable results as opposed to things that are actually qualitative. And in Yiddishkeit, it doesn't work that way. And I was mentioning to somebody about Hanukkah, that Hanukkah is a, a, a yontif which doesn't really have a lot to, there's not a lot to do. There's not, there's not so much that you need to do. You can go and you can buy a manero that's already pre-filled and pre, the wick's already in there and you can do like this, you make one little crack and you crack off the thing 
and you light it and make the bracha, and in 60 seconds, you've done the whole thing. You've done everything you need to do. You don't need any latkas, you don't need any donuts, you don't need to go to any parties. None of those things are chayuvim. Again, if you have mesiba and you sing, you're saying shiras with tishbachas, and it could be a sweetest mitzvah, but it's not a chayiv of sud, there's no chayiv of suda. It's a nice minute to eat dairy foods. You know, those are things that are nice when hugging. But you, you can fulfill all the obligations that you need on Hanukkah just by lighting the menorah in 60 seconds and the whole thing's done. So automatically, that leads us to think that, okay, Hanukkah is not such a big day because in the world of quantity, it's not so much. Sukkot is a big day. Sukkot, we have to build a sukkah. It's been days before, and lulav, and esrig, and dalaminim, and there's so much more that happens on sukkah, and sukkah's teishfu, shivas yamim, every moment that we're doing a teishfu, came to do, rabim, kaim, mitzvah. So we tend to think of sukkah as a big yom, but Pesach is huge. Prepare for weeks for Pesach. That's not true. In the world of quality, it doesn't make a difference how much quantity there is. In the world of ruchnius, the only thing that matters is, is the quality. If there's quality there, then there's something that's valuable. And, and our big issue, not just in Gashmias, which obviously is a challenge, but even in Ruchnius, is that we live in the world of the Chacham, that we only value that which is quantifiable. If somebody makes a Siyam Mashas, that's Chashiv. But if somebody works his way through three Mishnayas, that's not valuable. It doesn't have any real Chashivas because it's three Mishnayas and you can't make a Siyam Mashas and it's not, you can't take everybody out to eat for it and it's not something which is big. That's all the world of the Chacham, that world of looking at everything in terms of quantity, of trying to, trying to run after the next tie in Gashmias or in Ruchnius is all the world of the Chacham. And what we're trying to get to is to be able to bring more Tamimas into our life, more that world of the, of the Tam. For Hashem to have taught us that the word Tam means to be simple, like the world of, you know, and again, we're going to talk about it at length, what it means to be simple, and we'll see exactly the way that Tom did it in such a beautiful way, the way he lives a happy, successful life. He lives a life of just serenity. He's just, he's happy. He's able to live a life in which he's living the ultimate life. Now they say the mushal, it's a, it's a mushal, it's a joke, it's a story, it's a parable. It can, it can be one, you know, one of any of them about the guy who's sitting on the island and fishing, right? Everyone knows it's a, a guy was sitting on the island and fishing, and he caught, you know, he was catching fish, and he was, you know, grilling fish for himself. There's a wealthy person who was on the island, you know, for a vacation. He had come to the island with his wife and he's walking by and he sees this guy standing on the side of the, you know, on the island and he's fishing and he's doing fish and the fish smells delicious. And he says, you know, can I, can I taste some of that fish? And he says, sure, hundred percent. He gives him a piece of the fish. He's like, this fish, the best fish I've ever had. I've never, I've been to a lot of restaurants. I've never tasted fish like this. The way you know how to catch the fish and prepare the fish, you have to turn this into a business. So he says, well, you know, what would be the goal of turning this business? What do you mean? You turn it into business. You open, you open a restaurant on the island. I'm telling you, a lot of tourists come here. You become very successful. He says, okay, well, I'm like, what's the business plan after that? You open another one. And he goes on to, you know, at length, describe to him the business plan of opening a chain of restaurants. And you can open it up and you can, you can become very successful and you can have people working for you and you give out your recipes and you sell the recipes and make cooking shows. And he goes on and on and on. He says, okay, it's amazing. He says, yeah. And then when you're, you know, 60, 70 years old, you could retire. He said, okay, then what, what do I do when I retire? He said, what do you mean? You can move to the island. You could just sit and you could just relax. And you could just live a peaceful life. So the fisherman said, I'm doing that right now. I, I don't need to run around for the next 50 years to run, you know, run, chasing my own tail to be able to get back to the same place of just sitting on the island fishing. I, I'm living the ultimate life right now. I don't need to run after anything to be able to live the life that I want to live. And that's the Tom. We'll see in the story. The Tom lives a life of tamimus, of simplicity. He's just happy. Wherever he is, whatever he has, in Gashmias or in Ruchnias, he's happy. If he knows that the Rabbanishim loves him, he's happy with that. He's able, he's able to experience everything in its full way. And that's what the Balshem Tev taught us, that the word Tam, which means simple, which we'll see what that word simple means, but the word Tam also comes from the word of Tam, which means to be whole. Tamim Tia Hashem Alekecha doesn't mean just to be simple, it also means to be whole with Hashem. And the Balshem Tev taught us a very, very important Yisrael, which sounds very simple, but it's crucial for a person to understand. The Balshem Tev taught us that in Yiddishkeit and in Ruchnias, when a person's holding on to part of it, 
you're holding on to the whole thing. That there is no such thing as I'm holding on to a little bit of it, and therefore I only have a little bit, and I need more. Well, Shem Tov taught us that in Ruchnius, since Ruchnius is connected to Ain't Seif, to infinity, any little bit that I'm holding on to means I'm holding on to the whole thing. Because if I'm, if I'm touching infinity, that means that I'm touching all of it. And therefore, every little bit of Torah that I'm learning really attaches me to all the entirety of Torah. Not just, if I learn one Mishnah, so I'm attached to the entirety of Torah. <laughs> if I dive in one Shachras, I'm, atta- I'm attached to the whole entirety of what it means to be mispelled to the Rabbani Shalom. And therefore, a person is able to say, I have a little bit, but the little bit that I have, I'm able to be happy with it. I'm able to recognize that that's, that's everything. That's everything that I need is what I have right now. And my Mikana Kolkan, if I'm here, this is where I need to be. This is what I need to be doing. Everything is in the moment that I'm in and I'm able to appreciate and value the little things that I've done because I recognize that what I'm holding on to is the whole thing. That's Tam, that's tam Emti and Hashem Alekecha to recognize that I'm Tam, I'm simple, but simple in a way that I recognize that this is it. This is the whole thing. I don't have to be worried about that. I don't have something else. I should have done something else and it could have been somewhere. If what I'm doing is what I need to be doing at the moment, then that's everything that I need. I'm now holding on to all of it, right? There's no, when it comes to the Rabbanisham, you can't, in infinity, the number a million is not any closer to infinity than zero is to infinity, right? Zero is just as close to infinity as a million because you can't, you can't get closer to infinity because that's what infinity means. So, you know, we tend to think, okay, I'm at zero, then I'm at a hundred and then a million. So millions, you, you never, you're not any closer to infinity when you're at a million than when you're at zero. You, you haven't gotten anywhere. So you have to realize that what, what's the, the avayda is that in the moment I'm doing what I need to be doing and that attaches me to all of infinity. That attaches me to Ainsef because when I recognize and I value that what I have right now is attaching me to infinity, I want more of that. I, I, don't, want, I don't want to stop that. I want more of that. You're there, but I want, I, want, I, want, I want to taste and experience more of what I have. So you're right. I'm, but if the goal, and we, we've mentioned this so many times, if the goal is to get somewhere in Yiddishkeit, then I'm, I'm going to fail miserably because there is no place to get to. Rabbi Shmai says this so often, that there is no, there's no destination in Yiddishkeit. Moshem told Avram Avinu, the first Yid that ever lived, the first command that Hashem gave to Avram Avinu, Moshem told, told the command that Shaykh to every single Yid. The Zerah says every Yid hears this command all the time if he listens properly. Moshem told him, Lech lecha, ala Go to where? There's no destination. There's nowhere to get to. Go right now and make the first step. That first step is the whole thing. It's what you need to do. Lech lecha. You made the first step. Right? Even the word lech, lech is gematria 50. 50 is shleimus. 50 is the shar nun. That's the ultimate place you need to get to. Hashem told him, lech lecha, every step that you're making, you're tapping into the 50th level. You're tapping into shar nun. But now there's the step in front of you. Now there's the next step that you have to be able to do. There is no, there's no destination because the guy who finished Shas hasn't reached it. He hasn't, he hasn't gotten to where he needs to get to. If, again, if we live in a world of quantity, yeah, finishing Shas is the goal. I finish Shas, now I'm good. It doesn't work like that in Yiddishkeit. And Ruchnis doesn't work like that. The Tom says, okay, whatever I have is good right now and in the next moment I need something else. I need to be able to acquire something else. But it's never, I'm never searching, I'm never running after something that I think if I get somewhere or something, that's what's gonna make me full. The person needs to say what I have to be able to be tamim tiyam ha not to be like Rashi says, Rashi in the Pasuk of tam tiyam ha says, don't look after the asidas, don't try to figure out the future. It doesn't just mean don't sit there with a, let's go with like a the crystal ball, looking into the crystal ball to figure out your future. That's part of what it means. But it also means don't worry about the future. Don't worry about where's the next step. Just live right now. Tamim tiyam Hashem lekecha means that I feel whole in what I'm doing. I I know that somebody else on you know on the other bench next to me in yeshiva has done more than me. Okay, that that tamim tiyam Hashem lekecha. I'm full. I'm whole. I'm complete. I don't have to be chayker achar asidas to try to figure out the future. Right now, I'm doing everything I can be doing in the moment, and I'm able to feel tam, able to feel simple, and at the same time, I'm able to feel totally tamim, totally whole. And that's that's the world that Rabbi trying to bring us into. It's the world of of. Nachman said that, that he, he wanted to teach his chassidim how to, le- how to live how to live a life which is Hayomi Yisi Chaim Chaim Toivim, Nachman said it. Nachman said, Today I lived the life of Chaim Toivim. How do you live the good life? 
The good life is not by getting more things. It's not in Ruchmi Sanagashmi. The good life is by living the life of the Tam. He's able to say that what I have right now, I'm able to be complete with. I'm able to be whole with. I recognize that this is what I need. This is my Vaidus Hashem. I don't think that if I get somewhere, I'm going to be, this is what I need right now. That's the level of Chaim Taivim. That's where he is able to say, Hayyayim Yisi Chaim Chaim Taivim. That's what Rav Nachman's trying to do. This is what Rav Nachman said. We mentioned this maybe last week. Rav Nachman said that the stories that the world says, he said, Rav Nachman said, the world says stories to put their kids to sleep. Rav Nachman said, my stories are meant to wake the world up. Because this, this is what the stories are meant to do. They wake a person up. A person stops to think that, wait a second, I'm reading a story about a Chacham and a Tam. I'm the Chacham. I'm the idiot. I'm the guy who's running like the Chacham. Running and running and running and running and chasing my own tail. Until when? When am I, when am I going to just stop and just be able to be the Tam? To be able to sit in my house and me and my wife are sitting there. My wife brings me out like we'll see the Chacham. The Tam's wife brings me out a piece of bread and he's the happiest man in the world. He doesn't need anything else to make him happy. He says, I'm complete. I'm Tam and Tia. Tam and Tia with my wife. Tam and Tia with my kids. Tam and Tia with my job. Tam and Tia with my Shachras that I daven today. Tam and Tia with the, with the Black Amara that I learned today. Tam and Tia with the Mishnah that I did. Tam and Tia. I feel I'm able to feel Tam. We recognize that Rachman trying to wake, out, wake us up and to make us realize that we're living in a world which is so, so caught up in falsehood and so not the world that we need that we end up getting, we end up running like the Chacham and running and running and running and we're never ever satisfied. We can never be happy with ourselves. We can never believe that Hashem really cares about my Shemana Esrei and my Davening and my Mishnayis because if somebody else is better and bigger than me and it destroys a person's ability to be able to, to grow properly and that's the world of the, of the Chacham as opposed to the world of the time. And that's, again, what we'll see. I was just, I was remembering when I was, when I was reading the story, this is the, probably my first introduction. I, I shouldn't say probably, my first real introduction to learning any, any Sifri of Nachman inside was the story of the Chacham and the Tam. When I was in Yeshiva, in, I was learning in the mirror by Elephant. I used to go to Ashir, Yeru Brechen Goldwas, I used to give a shir in uh, Gavad Maftar. I don't know what Gavad Maftar was. It was like right where the train opened up. We used to take a train to Gavad Maftar, and he had a little, he had a house over there. And he used to give a shir in the story of the Chacham and the Tam. And I just remember it was like, we had never heard anything like this before. It was very, very like, it was, it's not to hear a story, to go to Shir to hear a story. It's like a very, it's a very odd thing to do if you're in the mirror yeshiva. You're going to Shir to hear a story. It's like, hey, stories are meant for like, you know, when you're bored in Shir, they're not meant to be a Shir. You gave like an hour Shir and it was going through the story, but uh, it's, 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 uh, it's Baruch Hashem. It's something which is phenomenal and we'll start the story now and get into the story a little bit. We have a lot of time left, we'll get into the story a little bit. Huh? There's a mucking for goals in Yiddishkeit, but, but I can't, that can't be my guiding light. My guiding light is not that I need to get somewhere and then I think that the goal, of course, a person has to have goals in their, goals in their life. A person has to say, what do I want to finish? What do I want to accomplish? Sayin Avedis Hashem, Sayin learning, Sayin davening, exactly. Not that that's, it, I feel like that's the, that's the sum total of my Yiddishkeit is to get to a goal. Part of being able to recognize and value every moment is that when I value every moment, I want to be able to ensure that I'm maximizing every moment, I'm maximizing my Zman, I'm maximizing my year, I'm maximizing you know, this decade to make sure that I have proper goals. But that, if that's what defines my success or lack of success in Yiddishkeit, then I end up being very, very miserable. I end up not being happy because my whole thing is just about a goal. And my whole thing is, did I reach the goal? Did I not reach the goal? Did I, was I successful or not successful? And, and, and I tried to make my Yiddishkeit something which is quantifiable, as, something which is, as opposed to something which is qualitative. It's something which has quality to it and not quantity. Everything in Yiddishkeit is quality, not quantity. Rahman Alibaba. Mashallah doesn't care how many mitzvahs you do, he cares how well you do the mitzvahs. He cares, Rahman Alibaba. Are you doing it full heartedly? Are you learning the block Gemara properly? So you could read through Gemara and you, know, you can go to a shir and the shir can be a 15 minute shir and you can get a block Gemara. It's not about getting another block Gemara. It's about, did you learn anything? Did you gain anything? 
anything from the black Gemara? Did you know, know her properly? Do you know the words in the Gemara? She can finish all of shut, but that's not, the goal is not to get somebody, the goal is to make sure that what I'm doing, I'm doing wholeheartedly, I'm doing with Tamimus, I'm doing it in a way which is perfect, in a way which is full, in a way which I'm, I'm maximizing the moment, as opposed to just saying, okay, I just have to get somewhere, I have to finish the Sefer, you know, it's a very, we very, very often start a Sefer, and the goal is I have to finish the Sefer. What, what do you have to finish the Sefer? Then you don't, the goal is to, to do the story. I remember when we, when I was first, we were first going to the story of the Chacham and the Tam. So when I, when I was in, like people are complaining to the to the the one giving the shear that like we're not, we're not going we're not going anywhere in the story. Like we, we would spend sometimes like uh, on one part of the story and like one part of the story we'd spend like two hours in the story, and we felt like we're not we're not moving in the story. I'm like again looking back like that's the Chacham. The Chacham says what do you we have to finish the story? Why do you have to finish the story? Why why are you gaining something right now? So why do you have to finish the story? What the goal is to finish the story? The goal is to finish all the Kutimran? The goal is to finish all the halacha? No, it's not the goal. The goal is to make sure that you're gaining out of what you're doing right now, 100%. So the goal is to move through the story. It's not the goal. The goal is like the Baltanya writes, Derech Arucha Shikitzara, go slow, able to go with peace, able to go in a way which is calm. The Chacham's not looking, he's a shoemaker. He sits there making shoes by hand every day without any fancy machines. He sits there sewing the, sewing the stitches of the shoes in a way which is slow, in a way which is calm, in a way which is able to do what it needs to be doing. That's a. You have two people, one that learned two hours, but you have this finishing shots, and one guy that learned one hour. It depends. Depend. Again, I, I, I'm not the rabbinic and I can't judge. I don't know everything they've been through it. But, but if a person, if a person's put, if a person's goal is to be able to be Ayur Hashem properly, so then that, that's worth you know everything. Again, I, I don't mean Khalil to say the guy's trying to finish Shas is not a good thing. Of course, like I said, you have to have goals and you have to try to finish Shas and you have to try to move, you have to try to know halacha. A person has to be a bucket in halacha. It's 100%. It's crucial. A person needs to, and Rachman himself is very into Bikiyas and moving through things and, and getting a Bikiyas. We're not, I'm not saying that that Mahalach is, is not good, but that can't be the, the guiding light in what my Lady Hashem is that everything is about quantity. It has to be a quality. It has to be about, you know, am I growing? Am I gaining? Am I, am I living my life to the best? Extent to the best, you know, of my ability, or am I not doing that? You could also have a goal and rush through Shas Betimus, you know. Right. Right. That's what I said. He said he, he himself. Did. He, what, we're not saying Ian is opposed to Bekias. I don't. That's what I mean. I don't. I don't mean. I don't mean Ian versus Bekias. We're not talking about a Mahalach. We're not talking about a Mahalach in learning. We're talking about a Mahalach. We're talking about a Mahalach in life. A Mahalach in life. That's what I said. It's not a Bekias. Yeah, that's, that's the Tam uses the Chachma. Yeah. Right. That's why a Tam can be a Chacham, but the Chacham can't be a Tam. Right. Right, exactly, because and that's what we'll see that the, the tam the tam ends up being being the, the the all the way to the top. He ends up rising in command, and he's helping out the king. He's the right hand man of the king. What do you mean you're a tam? You're just a simple shoemaker. He's not a simple shoemaker. He's a person who knows how to use tamimus in a way which is the most helpful thing that allows him to grow in a way that in a way that the chacham never ends up getting there because the chacham never even gets to the palace because he doesn't believe that there's a king and he never ends up making it anywhere. So the chacham right the tam rises all the way to the top and the chacham stays at the bottom. Which means, of course, we're not talking about e versus bikiyas. We're not talking about a mahalach and goals and not versus goals. We're talking about a mahalach in life that a person lives and knows that I, I'm not. I'm not looking over my shoulder at the guy next to me. I'm not looking over my shoulder at what I think I should. I'm, I'm trying to figure out: Am I living up to the ideals that I can be living up to? Am I living up to to the expectations that I have? Honest expectations I have of myself. Am I doing what I need to be doing at the moment, or am I not? And that that's the only litmus test to our growth: is Are we doing what we need to be doing in the moment? To be Yaakov Ishtam Yaakov said, now I can learn, now I have to be by the house of Lavan, now I'm working, 
I'm going back to Esau, and now I'm going to have to deal with Rogers to show you Esau, and I have to go down to Mitzrayim. Yaakov Avinu allows the Rabbanishim to guide his life and says, I'm going to do this 100%. When Yaakov Avinu works for Lavan, like he tells Lavan, I worked in the snow, I worked in the heat, I, I'm going to do this 100% because this is my job right now is to work for Rachel Omeya and to be able to work those years, the seven years again and again. So he says, I'm going to do it 100%. I'm going to do it in Tamimus. Tamimus means I'm going to do it Tamim. I'm going to do it 100% because this is where I need to be. And I'm going to do this. I, should I beat myself up that I'm not in the Mount of the Smedrash of Shem Be'ever? That's not where I'm supposed to be right now. Right? I'm supposed to be in the house of love and making sure that I could be Maimed Shvatim, you know, Shifte Ka, to be able to bring up the 12 Shvatim and Kali, so 11 out of the 12. So that's my goal right now. So you have to have a lot of Tamimus. We're going to talk about it as we go through the story. A person needs a lot of tumis, a lot of self-awareness. If my, if the chacham doesn't have, he never looks in, inside. The problem with the chacham is he's always looking outside to figure out where he should be. The first step is, if you want to be a tam, is you have to say tamim. That I, I, everything I need, everything I need is right here. I, I'm not going to decide what my goal should be based on this guy or based on that guy or based on what some other rav is doing or based on what people think is the norm that you know people my age should have already that I'm going to figure out what works for me. And the only way I could do that is Amat HaChacham. The Chacham is always looking outwards. He's always looking at everybody else. He's always gauging his success based on how, how do I equal up to other people. We'll see, the Chacham, the Chacham guy's a great job. He's making a lot of money. What's, what, why is he nervous? He's nervous because maybe people are not going to value that kind of profession anymore. Maybe people are not going to think it's Chashev. He, he's always worried about what are people going to think about him. So the first step in being able to have growth, which is growth based on what you're capable of, it's not looking at anybody else. It's figuring out you for yourself to sit down, you sit down with a Rebbe, you sit down with a friend, with a mentor, or by yourself, if you have the ability to do it, to sit down and say, what am I capable of? What, what, what goals should I set for myself that, that makes sense for me, not for somebody else? What goals should I set that makes sense for me, this L? It's the beginning of L, so I'm gonna listen. Whatever the Rav says in Chul the first week in L, that's gonna be my, my rallying cry throughout L. That's not, that's, the, the Rav doesn't know what you need, and you, don't, you know what I mean? And the other guy next to you in Chul doesn't know what you need. Again, there's a concept of everybody making a ball together, but, but ultimately, the real growth happens when you look inside as opposed well to outside. And that's the Chacham versus the Tam. The Chacham is always looking outside. He's always looking at everybody else. He's always trying to figure out what are people going to say? Are people going to like what I'm doing? They're not going to like what I'm doing. They're going to respect me. Am I going to be the most hustle person in town? Am I going to get the best wife in town? And the Tom says, does it work for me? So what do I care? This is my story. This is your story. We each have our own narrative. I don't need to take your narrative and put it into my life. Your narrative, where you grew up, what you deal with, your challenges is your narrative and my narrative is my narrative. We, our narratives don't, they don't have anything to do with each other. When a person's able to do that, like we'll see, the words, it's my story, this is your story, and a person's able to live a life of tamimus, able to say, I'm holding what I'm doing, because I, I know that who I am based on, who, on what I'm capable of, I'm doing the best job I can, so I'm good. I feel, I'm able to feel tam, I'm able to feel complete, but when, I, when my gauge of success is somebody else, so then I never ever feel complete, because even, even if I get to this guy, but there's a guy in the world in front of me, and then there's a guy two rows in front of me. And I'm never going to catch up to if I'm trying to catch up to other people. You can't keep up with the Jones. It's the Tzias. You can never keep up with them because they, they always have more money than you. Because if, if it's not this neighbor, then it's the next neighbor. If it's not this guy, then it's a the guy down the block. And it's a guy in, the, in Tom's River. And it's a guy in another neighborhood. It, it's, there's always going to be somebody who's going to outdo you. And if your gauge of success in Ruchnius or Gashmis is somebody else, could you put bread on the table? Can you be able to provide for your family? Are you able to pay the mortgage? So, okay, do you have everything that you, your family needs? Maybe you need a vacation twice here. Okay, do you have everything you need? Yeah, so the guy down the block has a pool. Okay, that's fine. And the guy two blocks away has a pool and a sauna. The guy three blocks away has a pool, a sauna, and a schwitz, and a, and a wet, wet sauna, and dry sauna. This, this. So it, it, you're never going to, you're never going to. And when you get there, there's another guy who has a private jet. You know that? And, and, and he's, but it, 
you know what I mean? I want to get one private, you know what I mean? But this private jet can't go international, can only go, can only go, you know, domestically. It's not a real, you, you're never, if my gauge of success in Gashmis or Ruchna, yeah, <laughs> or Gashmis is somebody else, then, then I'm never, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to reach the place of the destination because there is no destination. I'm always going to be miserable. I'm always going to be living the life of the Chacham who's, who's a miserable, he lives a miserable existence. He's beating himself up constantly. He's never happy with anything he's done because he can't be Tamim Tiyah Mashem Alekecha. If you're not in Mashem Alekecha, you're not Tamim Tiyah. You can only be Tamim Tiyah when you're with Hashem Alekecha. Not with somebody else. Me and Hashem are together, then I could be Tamim. I could say, I'm doing the best job I could do. So I should look at somebody else and it's going gonna, it's gonna to stir me. So stop looking at the person. Keep him, keep him out, of your, out of your field of vision be able to focus on yourself. And that's, again, we'll see. As we go through the Chacham and the Tam, we'll, we'll see how this comes out, plays out very clearly, both in Ruchnis and in Gashmas. So let's, uh, let's begin. We have a few minutes. But let's, uh, let's start to begin the story. Maisa, yeah? It's a story. Shnei Balabatim. Hayubi'ir Achast. There were two Balabatim. I'm going to read maybe the first few lines and then we'll go back and try to translate some of it, you know, a, lo- a little bit more deep. Shnei Balabatim. Hayubi'ir Achast. There were two Balabatim, two people that lived in one city. Hayubi'ir Achast. Copies of here. There were two, they were Gedolim, they were very wealthy. They were Gedolim, they were very big in the Rashiras and how much money they had. So they were very wealthy and they had big homes. They had two sons, which means there were two wealthy people called Reuben and Shimon. And there's no names going on in the story, so we're going to have to, we'll just, we're going to refer to them once we get to them as a Chacham and the Tam. But this Reuben and Shimon were the father of the Chacham and the Tam. And Reuben, had, Reuben was a wealthy person, Shimon was a wealthy person. And they each had a each had a child. L'chal echad ben echad. Each one of them had one son. V'lamdu shnei becheder echad. And they both grew up. These two children, the chacham and the tam, they grew up learning in the same cheder. V'elu ashnei abanim hayu echem mehem bar havana. One of them is a bar havana, which means he was somebody who was capable of grasping things very easily. The echad hayatam. It was very interesting. And, and again, I want to go back and we'll, we'll try to dissect every word. But it's just very interesting when he the first time he refers to him, he doesn't call him the chacham. First time he refers to me, he says a bar havana. Bar havana means somebody who's capable of understanding. Somebody who can grasp things very easily. That's a great skill to know. And that, that, that won't lead him off, you know, off to the deep end. It's what he becomes, you know, after becoming a bar havana. When he becomes a chacham, that's really what's going to be the issue. When he becomes too smart for himself, that's going to be the issue. Bar havana is fine. Bar havana is the first term that he's, that he's called. That's fine. You can, you can grasp things. You can be street smart. You can be book smart. Those are all healthy, great things. And they're... Great matanas from the Rabbanish Shaladam. But one of them is a Bar Havana, and one was a Tam. Loisha Yatipish. He wasn't a fool. Elashayla Seichel Pashavanamach. A very, very simplistic way of understanding things. Very simple. Right? We, we know that there's Arba Banam, can I get Arba Banam Dibratayra? There's a Chacham Atam Shani De Elishal, and there's a Russia. So we tend to think that who's the top, who's in the top of the, the food chain? It's the Chacham. The Chacham is the most, you know, he's the one that's the greatest out of all the four children. The worst is the Russia. The Chacham's the best. The Tam is, you know, second the best, and Shani Delishal is, you know, right, right above the Rasha. Uh, Nachman says that's not true. The highest one of the Dalad Banim is the Tam, because the Tam asked the best question. He just says Mazais. What is this? He doesn't have any fancy questions. The Chacham comes and he's got this whole Chachma. He's got the whole thing. What you know? He has this whole major question. What's the Chacham's lashon? Is um, is um, huh? No, so that, that's the answer that you give him, right? It's a very, very fancy, you know, discussion and dialogue that you're having between the Chacham and the Tam. It's a very fancy discussion that between the Chacham and the Father. The Tam has the best question in the world. Mazais, what is this? It's the most important question that we need to ask all the time. Mazais, what is this? It's the Tam. Again, he's not stupid. He's not a tippish. 
He has a very, very simplistic way of understanding something. So we, our problem is, we grew up from, and, and we think we're ready to chacham. So if somebody would come over to you and say, what is tzitzis? It's a mitzvah, you have to put on tzitzis. Well, what, I remember I was walking in, in, in Tel Aviv once with my wife. It's many years ago, I was walking, I was Tel Aviv, like the outskirts of Tel Aviv somewhere. I remember we were there somewhere, like Ben Ismanim. And, and we had like, there was like an art fair or something and people selling like various art. And, and we stopped by one of the booths and we're looking at something. And there was a fry lady, obviously she was, you know, she was a yid, was a fry lady sitting behind the booth. And she saw I was, you know, from yid, I was probably wearing a white shirt and a tzitzis. And she's like, what's the deepest explanation you've ever heard on tzitzis, uh, you know, on tzitzis? She's like, I'm looking for deep explanations on tzitzis. I don't know why, but she said, you know, give me, give me like the deepest reasoning behind tzitzis that you know. And I was like, I was like, I, I don't, I don't know. He said, my son, like. I, here I am, I'm, I don't know, I'm in my 20s, I'm, I've been from my whole life, I'm wearing tzitzit since I'm three years old, and I have nothing to say to her. I don't know, you know why? Because I never asked myself the question of the time that she's asking me right now, Mazois, what are tzitzis? I never asked myself that question. Right, this Fasama says that the Gemara in Shabbos says, the Gemara is the only time the Gemara does this, but any Yantif, Gemara says, my Hanukkah. Right, my Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? The Gemara says, you know, the Gemara says, Kishnechensu Yivana Behechal, they came in the Tibukal Ashmanim, they were in Tamil of Ashmanim, and you know those. Tells us the whole story. But this is a very weird question that we don't find the Gemara ever asks my Pesach. The Gemara never says my Purim. Gemara never says my Shavuos. Only my Hanukkah. The Gemara says my Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? The Svasama says because the, the essence of Hanukkah is this ability to be able to ask ourselves the question all the time. What, what are we doing? I just sat with someone today. I was schmoozing him about Hanukkah. He said, you know, like, what is he supposed to think about by the neighbors? He, he, you know, he's in his 30s. He never thought about the question. I'm like, what am I supposed to do by the neighbors? I know to eat latkes. I know to eat, I, eat donuts. I know the songs. I'm like, what, what am I supposed to be? Because I was telling him, there's a big avoid about the tzaddikim, you know, in the Svaramakadashim, to just sit and to look at the neighbors and say, what should I do when I look at the neighbors? What do the neighbors represent? What do they mean? That's the question. The question of the Gemara is my Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? It's a question of the time. Mazois. What is this? We're able to. It's not a tippish. He's not a fool. He's not embarrassed to be able to ask the most simple, basic questions to be able to get the core of something, to be able to really understand something. Right? The, the person, the person who's a baishan is ain't a baishan He can't learn. The person who's a tam says, "I'm embarrassed about what the, what my rebbe is going to think about me when I ask him a simple question. I, I don't understand what he's talking about. I don't know the Gemara. I don't know what Shabbos is. I don't know what Tefillin is. I don't know what Hanukkah is. I don't know what Mitzvahs are. I don't know what anything is. So I'm asking the question of Mazois. What is Pesach? And that's the best, best, best question you can ask. It's the highest question. The Chacham is a fancy question. He already has, he already has, you know, all the Cheshvan has worked out. He knows everything. And you have to tell him that, it's like the last halacha, you tell him. He knows everything already. He's too smart for the whole thing. The Tom just asked the best question in the world. He's simple. He's not a fool. He just knows how to ask the questions. He's not embarrassed. Because again, that's the Tom. Tom's not embarrassed of anything. The Chacham is the one who's constantly worried about what people are thinking. The Tom just says, Mazois, my Chanukah. What's Chanukah? What are neighbors? What's the goal? What's the purpose? What, what are we trying to do? What, 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 is it, what does everything mean? There has to be a deeper meaning behind everything. The whole idea of Hanukkah is to search for that, for that light which is hidden underneath the surface. That We know what the Menorah is. We know, we know what the Mizbech is. We know what the Beis HaMikdash is. But we're trying to be like the Tom. We're trying to say, my Hanukkah. What is Hanukkah? What Mazois? What is this? And we're able to ask that question. Then we're able to be like the Tom. And that's why he says, he wasn't a tippish. He asked the most basic questions, but the questions that really cut to the cut to the chase and really were able to help him understand everything is. And again, I, w- I want to read a drop more and then maybe we'll next week we'll, we'll, we'll dissect the first part of the story. Why they have to have big houses and why they have two sons and why they each have a son. We'll, we'll, we'll dissect part of the story, but I just want to just get to, we have a little bit of the flow of the story. These two children, they loved each other. They were best friends. So again, even though they seem to be the furthest shidduch in the world, the Chacham and the Tan, but they were in the same cheder. They both grew up as Ashirim, as children of Ashirim, and they were best friends. They loved each other. 
though naturally they should have not been friends because one's a chacham, the echad ayatam, and one of them was a tam. And we'll see that later on in the story that the, the chacham is going to be embarrassed of even knowing the tam. Why? Because the tam is the simple guy. But at this point in his life, when he's young, he's not so embarrassed. Right? Little children are not embarrassed of who their friends are, not embarrassed of who their parents are. Right? Kids are very proud of their parents. It's only when they get a little bit older and they get a little chachma that they start to be embarrassed. That, you know, they you know, tell the parents, pick me up down the block. I don't, I don't want anyone to see the car that you have. Because they, they become too smart for themselves. That's chachma. The Tom's not, at this point in the, in the chacham's life, he's not too smart to be friends with the Tom. He says, he's my friend. I like him. I get along with him. So other people in the class don't think he's the smartest kid in the class. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed. He's my friend. He's not embarrassed to be friends with the Tom because at the end of the day, I'm friends with him. So what, I have to be embarrassed about who my friends are. I have to be embarrassed about who my parents are, who my siblings are. I have to be embarrassed about the type of car I drive. I'm not a Tom. So at the beginning of his life, when he's still the Bar Havana, he's able to be best friends with the Tom and we'll see. Their, path is, their paths are going to diverge and eventually they're going to have to come back together. But there's, there's, there's always going to be that the, the Chacham's never, never going to really be able to get back to this level of Oivim Zezem to really love each other, to be with each other again because he's always going to be embarrassed a little bit that he's even associating with the Tom. But they loved each other. Even though one was a Chacham and one was a Tom. They loved each other. I just want to finish to the first paragraph. So what happens is, they're originally very rich, and the two fathers started to lose their money. They became very, very poor until they lost all their money. The only thing that was left was their houses, which is a very odd part of the story because the first thing you normally sell off is your house. Somebody loses money. And again, he, he mentioned that they'd bought them they'd bought them gedoyle. They had big houses. They were living in palaces. The first thing you sell off when you when you start to lose money, you can't pay the mortgage anymore. The first thing you should get rid of is the house. For some reason, these people lost everything, and the only thing that remained was their homes. So we we'll have to see what, what, what a house represents and why they held on to their houses. But that was the only thing that became Evyonim, not Endiyim. It's two Lashonis and Chazal. It's an Anian and Evyon. Evyon's much, much more poor, a much, much poorer level. They were Evyonim, but they held on to their big palaces. But Banim Eschil is Gadol, and the children started to grow up. We can no longer support you. We don't have the money that we used to have. Go ahead and go find jobs for yourself. The Tom went and he became a shoemaker. We'll have to see what the essence, why, that's, why that's the job and why that's essential to what it means to be a Tom is to be a shoemaker. We'll see why he could have picked any job. There's a lot of simple, you know, simplistic jobs that he could have picked. He could have been a blacksmith and also would have been simple. But we're not going to specifically pick the shoemaker. We'll see if we'll continue, uh, probably not next week because it's Hanukkah, but the week after. Continue with Hashem with, uh, we'll go back to the first paragraph and re- reread it again with some depth.